you can see that there is a confession of faith printed in the bulletin. We will speak that confession later when we confess our faith. For now, hear these words from Psalm 46. <clears throat> God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Let's pray. We know, God, that the nations are in an uproar. We know that the kingdoms totter. We also know and confess that you are even in our midst, and we take refuge in you who are our strength. We pray for this service of worship, for those gathered here, for those listening by other means. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please turn in the green, sing the journey hymnal to number 16. Praise with joy the world's creator. And those who are able, please stand.
For the next hymn, if you would sing a high voice part, please take the Sing the Story book and turn to number 26. If you would sing a low voice part, please take the blue hymnal and turn to number 215. So we'll start with high voices singing Helpless and Hungry, number 26, verse 1. And then we'll move to low voices singing verse 1 of What Child Is This in the blue hymnal. Then we'll go back to higher voices singing verse 2. And then back to the blue hymnal, low voices singing verse 2. And then the last time, it would be the fifth time through the whole form, everyone will sing together. Higher voices singing verse 3 of number 26 and lower voices simultaneously singing verse 3 of what child is this. So to recap... High, high voices, verse 1 of Helpless and Hungry, and then you'll take a rest. Low voices, verse 1 of What Child Is This? Then you'll take a rest. High voices, verse 2 of Helpless and Hungry. Low voices, verse 2 of What Child Is This? And then simultaneously together, verse 3. Now there's one other little piece of information for low voices. When you're singing in the blue hymnal, uh, What Child Is This? When we get to the second part, always sing, This, This is Christ the King. Even when you're singing verse 2 and 3 low voices, it's in the third line at the end, always sing this, this is Christ the King instead of doing those other verses. It fits well when it goes together in terms of the text. And I'll help remind of all of that as we go. So we start with higher voices and helpless and hungry.
If you would turn now to the words printed in the bulletin and read aloud the dark print. We confess our faith in you, Lord God. Our faith wavers and we acknowledge doubts. We profess our love for you, dear God. We place our trust in you, O God. We place our hope in you, Lord Jesus Christ. God of peace, we celebrate in this Christmas season the God who made peace in Jesus Christ. The peace of Christ be with you. La paz de Cristo, Cristo sea contigo. Let us share Christ's peace with the world and with one another. Uh, Jeanette Crable is here and is inviting children
to come forward. If you are a child, either of God or a mother or both, please come hear what Jeanette has to offer. heard it said that um, we're sort of like an onion, that as we get older, we're a baby, then we turn one, two, the whole way up to 68, um, we're like an onion, that seven-year-old layer, that 10-year-old layer, that 30-year-old layer covers us. But the two and the three and the four and the five and the six-year-old is always with us. Think about it. You can go back instantly to something that happened to you, especially if it was something momentous. And in that moment, even though you're 68, you're three, right? So all of you are invited. Bring your inner child, your three-year-old self, your five-year-old self to God. We have a cradle. The next time we meet in church, Christmas will be gone. So this is the day we've been building up to. This is the good news. So we have a cradle, and we have a bed, and we have a sheep for you, and we have a baby. And that's our story. That's our focus. Sometimes with the Grinch and the presents and the elf movies and all the other stuff that distracts us, we forget that God came. And God came to be with us and to shine light so that when our lives are a little bit dark and we lose our way, we remember that the light of God is with us. And you know, when it's dark, the light shines the brightest. So if you're going through a dark place, the light can shine brightly for you. Watch for it. I have a story. Now, in Luke 2, our Bible has, um, I'm taking from Luke 2 in our Bible, but you know, the inner child likes pictures. And I have favorite, all kinds of favorite storybooks that take it out of the words, which are lovely, but it puts it into pictures. So you see, we have a picture. Oh, it just changed. But you've been looking at a picture of the nativity. I'm going to read you today, and we put it up there so you can see it. 
I like the expressions. I like the way it jars my memory and shakes the images I have in my mind that maybe it's a little bit different than what I imagined before. That's why I like different pictures. This one I bought in China. It's in Chinese and English. And I like the faces and the images of what we have. So listen to God's story, shortened from Luke 2. Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem. It was a very long journey, and Mary was going to have a baby. And there we see her. They arrived in Bethlehem. There was no room for them in the inn. They had to stay in the stable. That night, Mary had her baby. She wrapped him in cloth and put him to sleep in that manger. Oh, look at those shepherds. During the night in the fields outside Bethlehem, shepherds were guarding their sheep. Look at their sheep. Look at the eyes. <laughs> Suddenly, an angel appeared to the shepherds. All around them was very bright, and oh my goodness, they were afraid. The angel said to them, Look at them wiping the sweat off their brow. <laughs> the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I have good news for you. This night, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Go and see him. He's wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a huge number of angels appeared and they sang a hymn praising God. Glory to God in heaven. May peace fill the earth. God is with his people. Amen. Look at their faces. <laughs> oh my goodness. After the angels left, the shepherds flew to Jerusalem. They wanted to see what the angels had told them about. Look at them go. Look at their feet barely touching the ground. And there, they found Mary and Joseph and saw the baby in the manger, and they were very happy. God is with us in the good times, in the bad, in the dark moments, in the happy moments. That's what we celebrate this season. Let's pray. Lord God of heaven, we thank you for coming to us, bringing us light so that we could see in a very real way what you wanted from us. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you for living on this earth. Thank you for sending your spirit so that we would never be totally alone. Help us to remember and open our eyes and see your light every day. Amen. Thank you, children, for joining me. If you can get up off the floor, you may go back to your seats. <laughs>
<clears throat> the scripture reading for today comes from the letter to the Romans, chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. La, la escritura de hoy viene del libro de los Romanos, capítulo 1, versículo 1 al 7. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in, holy, in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yo, Pablo, siervo de Jesucristo, llamado a ser apóstol y apartado para el Evangelio de Dios, que él ya había prometido por medio de sus profetas en las Santas Escrituras, les escribo acerca de su Hijo, nuestro Señor Jesucristo, que conforme a los hombres descendía de David, pero que conforme al Espíritu de Santidad fue declarado Hijo de Dios con poder por su resurrección de entre los muertos. Por medio de Jesucristo recibimos la gracia del apostolado para que por su nombre llevemos a todas las naciones a obedecer a la fe. Entre esas naciones están también ustedes, llamados a ser de Jesucristo. A todos ustedes que están en Roma, los amados de Dios que fueron llamados a ser santos, que la gracia y la paz de Dios, nuestro Padre y el Señor Jesucristo, sean con ustedes. Thanks be to God. Our preacher this morning is James Crable. He is a son of this congregation, a missionary, an administrator, a preacher, and a friend and brother. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for James. We pray that you would empower him to preach your word this morning and us to hear and obey. In Jesus' name. Well, I pitied Ben a couple of minutes ago there because what he did is what I did not do, try to sit on the floor. Uh, when you get to be our age, you, uh, there's this book, How You Know You're Getting Older, and one of the things is that when you're down on the floor, you look around to see if there's anything else you need to do while you're down here. <laughs> so um, anyway, it was a wonderful um, story that we just heard. And I'm going to ask you... What kind of a person you are, are you the kind of person who um, likes to do something once and then the next time you want to try something different, or are you the kind of person who likes to, once you find something you really like, you like to do it over and over again? How many like to try new things? How many like to do the same thing over and over? Okay, that's half and half. That could start a little conflict in the group. Um, 
I'm definitely of the first group. Um, and actually, Jeanette is uh, sort of in the second group. <laughs> but here we are celebrating 45 years together. When we go to a restaurant, um, I like to try a different one next time. I've been to that one. Um, and when it comes to watching movies, I think maybe I've seen a movie twice. Uh, I could count on my hand because I've already seen that one. And there's so many other movies out there that I want to see. However, there are a few things I have done many times that I like to do over and over. I have celebrated Christmas at least 68 times, or going into the 68th. And I'm glad to do it again. There's something about the story that probably brings back for me uh, some childhood memories, but is also just this precious reminder of God coming and living among us. And then everything that happens during the season is just a wonderful time of celebration. Not everybody in our world, and even in our communities, know this story that I like to come back to as often as every year. Just a few blocks from here is the Belmont Mennonite Church, across the tracks and a couple blocks over. And a few years ago, the after-school activities decided to prepare with the kids, uh, a Christmas program for Christmas. So these were neighborhood kids, you know, who didn't ordinarily come to church, but they came to the after-school activities. And uh, so they were preparing this, and the leaders had all the kids there, and they announced to the kids, we're going to be doing a Christmas program, and we'd like to know who would like to be Joseph and who might like to be Mary. So nobody moves, just silence and blank faces. So we're recruiting for Joseph and for Mary. Who would like to be Joseph and who would like to be Mary? Well, it was reported to me that finally somebody raised their hand and asked this question, who are Mary and Joseph? And what did they do? If I'm going to play Mary and Joseph, I have to know something about that story. We're not talking about the under, other end of the world. We're talking about our own neighborhood. People who don't know the story that we gather to celebrate. And we don't have to go very far to find people like that. This is what I call the missing stories of Christmas that just aren't available, they're absent from people's awareness. Then there are other issues that we face. There are the beautiful but distracting stories. Um, I love this time of year because of all of the joy and gorgeous artistic expression that people invest in. I was walking around downtown Elkhart the other night and took a couple pictures of some of the storefronts. This is a beautiful time of year, but actually in none of those storefronts would I have learned about the story, per se. 
people do this because they may be motivated by the story, but if I didn't know the story, just looking at most of the storefronts wouldn't tell it to me. And then there are alternative stories. Jeanette mentioned the movies. I kind of looked at the top 55 movies that uh, are most watched at Christmas. These are the top 20. Um, I don't think I'm going to learn about the story from Edward Scissorhands. From, how about Babes in the Land? Don't think so. Die Hard? Not so much. These are, these are the stories of Christmas. And some people work their way through all the Hallmark Channel and watch all the stories. How many of those would tell you the story? Not so many. Not even in the t total top 55. I'm not saying you shouldn't watch these movies. But this is one of the challenges we face as a people of the story. And then there, is, there are other issues. A few years ago, I was traveling in the Philippines, and we were talking about Jesus. I was working with the Mennonite church there in Bible studies and so on, and I asked them, what would you say are the primary images of Jesus in the Philippines? And with a very long history of the Catholic church in the Philippines and fairly traditional pre-Vatican II uh, Catholicism, they said there are two images of Jesus in the Philippines for most believers, Catholic uh, members. Um, one of those is the baby. We know about the baby and Mary. Uh, so you can go to people's homes, you can go into churches, and you will see Mary and the baby. So that's one of the stories, one of the, one of the images. The other one is the cross. So you have the baby and the cross, from the cradle to the grave, basically. Uh, but just the cradle and the grave. Um, the cross has become a huge deal in the Philippines, actually. By so much focus on the cross, there is an annual ritual where people actually are crucified. Now, this isn't just a play, this is actually physically volunteering to be nailed to a cross. And so this becomes part of the Easter celebration, uh, mostly Good Friday, um, of accentuating so much this particular image of Jesus. Um, this does kind of represent Christmas and Easter, doesn't it? And for some people, those are the two times you come to church. So you have Christmas and Easter, the babe, the baby, and the cross. The problem is that these are important stories, but they're partial stories. They're not the whole picture. And there's a little bit in between the baby and the cross. The early church knew that. They wrote and left for us a legacy of the story of the birth of Jesus, and a lot about the last week in his life, the cross, but there's also a lot in the middle that is important as we think about Christmas, because this is the beginning of the life in the middle as well. 
And so we have four Gospels, which I think are attempts to connect with audiences who need to know something about this life in the middle. They need to know about the birth, they need to know about the death and the resurrection, but what did Jesus say? How did he teach? How did he live? And Matthew summarizes some of that by saying, Jesus went about all of Galilee, preaching the gospel, teaching in the synagogues, and healing all manners of diseases, sicknesses and diseases. So there's a lot in the middle. And these five gospels help us, four gospels help us to understand that. The first one is Matthew, who sort of positions Jesus as the king. And then Mark, who talks about the suffering servant. And you might think, well, you can't be a king and a suffering servant. And they would tell us that's because you don't know Jesus. You have to know the whole story about Jesus, because Jesus somehow brought these together. And then there's Luke, who talks about Jesus as the Son of Man, the example of being a human that we might want to follow and imitate, a person particularly compassionate about the human experience. And John brings us around to Jesus as the Son of God. Well, you can't be the son of man and the son of God. And the gospel writers would tell us, but you don't know Jesus. Jesus is the son of man and the son of God. These are all images that we've received from the early church as part of that story in the middle between the cradle and the grave. Um, a lot of our confessions in the church um, don't talk about the middle too much. They go from Jesus is born of a virgin and then he dies. But what happened in the middle? We have a wonderful piece in our hymnal, number 714, and I've, I'm going to put it up here on the screen and invite you to read it with me that helps us to understand more about the middle. If you can see this on the screen, just read with me. I'll read the orangish uh, print and I invite you to read what is printed in white. Jesus was the son of God. He came from heaven. Kings came to his cradle. He was born to be a king. He was the greatest among rulers. He was loved and honored. He was gentle and loving. He counseled perfection. He was a joyful companion. He said, rejoice. Love God with all your heart. Don't be anxious. Deny yourself. In him was life. 
He was a historic person. He was Jesus of Nazareth. This helps us to understand a little bit more about the middle. And this is also what we celebrate during this time. Not just a baby, but a baby who inaugurated the most important event in human history. And the more we can learn about what this person living among us did, the more we can celebrate Christmas in an important way. But there's more. This babe, baby, didn't just appear out of nowhere. The scripture tells us there's a backstory to this person coming and living among us, Emmanuel. And this is the story that we hear from the book of John. In John 1, we are told, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Through him all things were made that have been made. And the word became flesh, we're back to the manger, and lived for a while among us. Colossians takes us a little bit further and explains it in slightly different ways. Christ is the image of the invisible God. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. So this one that we focus on during this time has a prehistory, another story. He is the word of God who created all things and came and lived among us. This last phrase of Colossians fascinates me. All things were created by Jesus Christ and for him. What does it mean that all things were created for Jesus Christ? A couple years ago, I was asked to preach in a Mennonite church in the middle of Iowa, southeast Iowa. And the, th the topic was supposed to be on Jesus, and as I traveled from here to there through cornfields and pig farms, hog farms, and so on, I kept thinking, all of this is created by Christ and for Christ. So I opened my series there by asking the question, how are Christ's hogs doing? And that woke people up. They said, what? What are you talking about? Well, you know that your hogs were created by Christ, and they're created for Christ. And I'll have to admit, I have no idea what that means. But it might be worth trying to find out. We use possessive terms for lots of things. My children. They're not my children. These children were created by Christ. And for Christ. You want to see pictures of my grandchildren? <laughs> my grandchildren are not my grandchildren. They were created by Christ for Christ. How does that change the way you live in family and in community? If we have that idea. This babe who came and inaugurated a, an important event, the most important event in human history, has a prehistory of coming 
and creating all things and then coming and living among us. So there's that. And then there's more. There are partial stories that need to be completed by reminding ourselves what happened after the cross and the resurrection. In Philippians 2, we have a song, probably, of the early church. And it reminds us that Jesus, the Christ, the creator of all things, started in the heavens and left that behind to obediently come down into our reality and live among us. And even to die on the cross for us. And then the second part of the, of the song starts with an important word. And that word is therefore. Can you repeat that word with me? Therefore. That means that everything you see in that column of Christ Jesus coming down and living among us is done in such a faithful way that God said, I like that. And I'm going to give this person a new role because of his faithfulness. And so we have the second part of the song that says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above all other names so that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. This is the babe who came and lived in our world, ate our food, walked our streets. He is the one who created the world and who today is the ruler of the world because of his faithfulness in that activity, in that human activity. So our verses for today, our texts that we read and translated, are these. God promised the gospel beforehand through the prophets regarding the son who is, who as to his human nature was descendant of David and who was declared to be the son of God by his resurrection, Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the story. The beginning, the middle, and the end. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas, the whole story. There's no song in the, Chris, in the Christmas collection that reminds us better of this. But, you know, we've been singing this for so many years, we sort of forget. Joy to the world. Look at the highlighted words in Joy to the World. First of all, joy to the world, not to the Mennonites. <laughs> not to just the Christians, the followers of Jesus. To the world. You know, in a lot of our communities, we could have a huge debate about that. The first line of this song we sing every year, do you believe that this is joy to the world? That's a concept. It's for everybody and for all things. The Lord is come. That's this story. Living among us, sharing our reality. And it's not just a cosmic reality, it's for every heart. Every heart is implicated and invited into this reality of the Christmas season. So we're not going to look at all those words. But verse 1 tells us that Jesus Christ is the Lord of creation. 
Verse 2 tells us he is the savior of all things, of all, uh, savior of all ills. Third verse, he tell, he tells us that Jesus Christ is the healer of the world. And the fourth verse reminds us that he is a ruler of the nations. In the Mennonite church and in Prairie Street, we say that we follow Jesus. But that isn't because he was just a great guy, you know, schluffing around with sandals on sandy roads doing cool things. This is why we follow Jesus. Because he is the Lord of creation. He is the savior of all ills. He is the healer of the world. And he's the ruler of the nations. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. So I have sung this song at least 68 times. But I'm ready to sing it again. So I'm going to invite you to stand as the instrumentals uh, lead us in this song. Will you stand? And um, if you can't read that text, turn to page 318 in the hymnal. And let's sing together, Joy to the World. now have ushers come and take the offering. Green sing the journey number 31. 31, he came down.
En el nombre del Padre, y del Hijo, y del Espíritu Santo. Señor Dios Todopoderoso, Padre y Eterno, te damos gracias, te damos la gloria por ser quien eres y ser quien somos. Te pedimos por todos los seres que amamos, por los enfermos, por los que nacen, por los que mueren, por los pecadores, por los ricos sin almas que tienen y no dan, por los trabajadores, por los oprimidos y los opresores. Te lo pedimos, Señor. Oh, God. We ask you your mercy for those who are in prison, for those who passed away with the newborns, for those who love, for all human, for those who suffer, for those who are in hospitals, for the handicapped, for the blind, for all our way present for Prairie Street Mennonite Church. In the name of Jesus, amen. And please turn in the Sing the Story hymnal to number 124, My Soul Cries Out. And please stand.
receive this benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.